This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. It is March 16th, a Monday, several days after the decisions have been made last week to cancel the North American stint of World Cups in Quebec City, Canada, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and then the World Cup final weekend in Camor, Alberta. Lots to discuss in this episode. Sadly, very little of it has to do with the actual act of ski racing. We spoke with Kershaw on Monday during his quarantine in a cabin in Sujin, Norway. I'm just curious, like lockdown, what's, what's the status there in Norway? Well, it's been quite the little week. I mean, I got back from World Juniors on Sunday and then I went right to my chemistry lab. And then I spent two nights in the city. I rented an Airbnb, like a stone's throw from my school, because uh, I had school Monday and Tuesday. And things were heating up, but I was still at school Monday and Tuesday. And this is Monday and Tuesday of last week. Like last week, yeah. exactly one week ago, seven days. Uh, did my classes and then even on Monday, you know, picked up the errands that um, the wife and I need to do in the city now that we live in Lillehammer, like pick up an immense amount of coffee at our favorite coffee roaster in Oslo. So good thing we got that in before right. everything <laughs> shut down. <laughs> so that was big. Uh, but, you know, Oslo is totally normal and things were just ticking along. I mean, people were worried, but it wasn't uh, there was you saw nobody with masks and people were in cafes. And I, had, you know, I bought a canal bola, a cinnamon bun at a cafe uh, and everything was good. Uh, then on the train home Tuesday back to Lillehammer. So six days ago when I got home, that's when things really started heating up, of course. And I mean, um, all all gatherings were canceled. All sporting events were canceled. Everything was like locked getting canceled left, right, and center. I'm like, whew, that, that happened quickly. And then Wednesday, I woke up to my school being canceled and all schools around Norway being canceled. And and then much tighter regulations. And, and then on Thursday, so I'd been home Wednesday. And then on Thursday, I had a, um, <laughs> I went out for a ski at noon, a power hour, just one hour, came back. And on the drive home, which is a two minute drive from my house, the radio is like, this is an announcement from the government. Anybody that's been outside of the country in the last 14 days immediately has to go into solo self-quarantine. I'm like, uh-oh. Wow. <laughs> so so I got home and Kristen was there and she's like, pack your bags. I'm like, I know. <laughs> so I uh, packed up my school books and 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 then uh, sh- we drove the 12 minutes to our cabin here in Shushan. And I've been in Shushan ever since and then on the weekend on Sunday, they said everybody in because Norway is really worried that with nice weather and then every no one working, that people would just go to the cabin areas around Norway right. and just like and just cross country ski. And the health systems aren't aren't designed to cover that. I mean, if Shushin has I don't know how many cabins are up here, but let's say ten thousand in the area. Yeah, let's yeah. say so. Say fifty thousand people come. Everyone comes with their families, and then and then the pandemic just sweeps through this area, then everyone is going to go to Lillehammer. Uh, and Lillehammer Hospital is only designed to take care of 30,000 people, the population of the Lillehammer area. So so then Sunday night, it was like the the uh, the National Guard might come knock on your doors and tell you to get the hell out of your cabin. I'm like, good. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Which is what where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, where the hell? What am I supposed to do now? So, um, but but then they came back with the announcement saying that if you have a cabin in your home region or like your home uh, city limits, I guess, 
that, that you can stay, but they stop grooming, they stop plowing everything. So I'm literally living like the shining. I mean, my driveway and then the cat, the cabin, the cabin road out to the main road is probably about a kilometer from my door. And there, yesterday was a huge storm here in Shushan, massive. Uh, so it came maybe like 30 centimeters or 35 centimeters of snow and a lot of wind. So I'm just locked in here, man. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. Really? Oh yeah. Do you have like fat boards and a pair of skins to like cruise around? You know what? I wish I did. Oh God. You know what? Today they stopped grooming all over Norway. So, or like not all over Norway, but the Lillehammer area anyway. Yeah. And after that storm and the wind, I don't have my backcountry equipment here, which just sucks. So Today I did get out on my cross country skis and I, I did go back country skiing on my cross country skis, but it obviously sucked. Uh, so, so better than nothing. So it would have been nice to have my back country skis. Yeah, for sure. And my back country skis are about 8.7 kilometers from where I sit right now. Um, in my garage, but uh, they might as well be in Canada at my house in Canmore because that's about as isolated as I am. But that would be a good way. It's all downhill to Lillehamm, I think. It's true. And, that's true. Right? And that'll be a good yeah. But You could skin back up. And she no, could just, exactly. your wife could just leave them on the front porch. For yeah, yeah exactly. You know what? I probably, but then if my kid sees me and then cause she does, oh, she's only yeah. three, she doesn't really understand. Like she's yeah. asking all the time. She's asking all the time, like, why are you at the cabin? I'm like, uh, the entire global community yeah, is collapsing. Right. <laughs> she doesn't really get that yet. So, uh, Anyway, not that anyone wants to hear any of this, but like I have a no, no, I have a twelve-year. I know it's hard not to talk about it. No, I know I have a twelve-year-old and a, a my older one just turned seventeen a few weeks ago. Oh, happy birthday! And it is interesting. Like you're trying to have these sober conversations, and you know, I mean, there is this sense of it. Sure, sixteen, seventeen-year-old boy. Oh yeah, totally. I'm not going to get sick. It's like, right, but you yeah, might exactly. transmit to someone, you know, as a fact. Yeah, so it is pretty, pretty interesting. Well, yeah. Oh, for sure. And that's exactly what we're living in, right? Like, I mean, I'm sorry to pollute everyone's podcast feeds with just more saturation of uh, the Corona, <laughs> Corona, Corona chats here. But, but uh, that's just it, right? Like, everybody's just trying to do their best. And it's not the fact that, like, I feel so much in danger for myself or, for my kids, thankfully, at least how the virus is reacting now, uh, seems to be sparing younger people. Um, but you know, there's you, you touch something, and then uh, you know, an older older person that's maybe a little bit immunocompromised or sick or, or like with the cancer, mm-hmm. recovering from mm-hmm. cancer or, or something like that, and then that's that's the end. And uh, so we all have to take this seriously and, and come together. But it is it's scary times. I mean, as you know, in the U.S. and here in Norway too. I mean, if every not everyone has jobs that they can work from home, and those people have no money, and a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck, and I have no idea how this fallout is going to work the world because it's it's if people think this is bad now. I mean, the reality is, like economically speaking, it's going to get a lot worse quickly. <laughs> right, and let's preface this conversation. Like, I'll be honest, it makes skiing, in you know, oh, yeah. uh, and let me let me like. You know, Nordic skiing in particular here, like I have to qualify that because I did go for some great tours in the past <laughs> couple weeks, essentially, nice. and it's empty back there. But that said, it does make like skiing seem kind of silly and trivial oh, for sure. um, in the context of all this. So 
I do want to, I want to kind of get your thoughts here. And so the the big news in the past week when it relates to like cross country skiing was the collapse of all the, you know, the North American world cup tour. And that seemed to be, I mean, I'm a kind of a, I'm not a technically like a super news junkie. I'm pretty selective where I get my news sources and I tend to think they're fairly credible. Um, but it just seemed like I was wanting, it was just a lag for any reaction on kind of the World Cup front or fist front. I'm like, what are they going to do? And then things started to kind of collapse in terms of the World Cup schedule, the domestic racing scene here. And, and it started with, I, I mean, this is just my kind of working backwards here. I pulled up, I posted a story on March 10th. So I'm guessing it was probably March 9th in Norway when the Norwegian national team decided to just shut it down and not send a team to North America. Um, you know, I'm curious, like you were, I, I'm trying to keep my schedules straight here. You were back in Oslo at that time, it sounds like. Yeah, it was. Yes. What was the news like there about that? Well, we were talking about it a lot and everyone was talking about it. Like, are the Norwegians going to travel? And you're absolutely right. On March 10th, that's what I'm saying is that's when everything shut down here in Norway. Like all ski races were canceled and, and the ski federation came out. They're not allowed to travel. And I was shocked to hear some reactions from people like, oh, I can't believe they're not traveling. I'm like, have you not seen Italy? Like, look what's right. happening in Italy. Like, this is exponential growth. Maybe it's because I'm taking calculus two right now, but still like, I mean, mm -hmm. exponential growth curves are a scary thing. And the calculus in, involved uh, <laughs> should give people pause. And, and it's particularly scary when you're not, you're not talking about your bank account no, no. and your 401k growing. You're talking about like contagion. People getting sick. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. Totally. So, so Norway, Norway shuts down everything. Every ski race in Norway is done and every sporting event and, and even like, children's uh trainings and everything that is is game over i mean there's been some pretty spectacular bungles uh so far <laughs> especially maybe with the leadership in your country uh but we'll leave that aside sure but, but fis holy bungle batman are you kidding me are you kidding me so so minnesota cancels uh minneapolis that was so sad because i mean 18 years but fis what in Sam Hill were, were you thinking keeping the Quebec World Cups going to the last possible second and then passing the buck and then passing the buck all over town saying, we have nothing to do with this. It's the local municipal health authorities that have to make this call. Listen, Fis, it is the FIS World Cup, you f***ers. Sorry for the swear. But like, I promised myself I wouldn't. And I just dropped a big old F-bomb. Oh. That was a hearty F-bomb. You know what? You know what? And people from FIS need to hear that F-bomb, sadly, because <laughs> give me a break. You have teams from all over Europe in Quebec. Airports are shutting down like the world's collapsing. Uh, and, and people could get stuck. And FIS is like, you know what? I think we're going to be able to hold this race in Quebec. Like, you're an insane organization for making it go to the last possible second like that. And you know what? I, I don't, I stand by that F bomb. I'm sorry, kids. But in these <laughs> times, we all have to wake up that sometimes adults use poor language. I'm from Northern Ontario. Don't travel there because if you do, there's a lot of that language about. It's like cuss central. And oh, totally. So I really apologize for that hard F bomb. Maybe we can beep it out. But, but, but seriously, like, I mean, Cam Moore canceled uh, 
Minneapolis canceled. It was so sad. They've put in so much good work, but right. but at least they were ahead ahead of it, and they realized the situation that they were in. But <laughs> fists on the ground in in Quebec City is just like, you know what? That's that's the epitome of uh, of incompetence. It is. Well, okay. So like the timeline. Was it, the timeline was interesting to me. You know, it's like, again, first the Norwegians. And for me, I know if I'm going to a World Cup, it's like, oh, I want to see, I want to see these big names. I want to see the Norwegians. And what do they look like in person? What's their speed like? Um, what's their technique like? Okay, so that said, they pull out, okay? And then I was, for me, it just seemed painful how long it was taking for, for any word about a, a, a cancellation. And it seems to me, again, I, I have looked at the press releases and obviously it's very much coded in like the safety of the general population, which I'm sure is obviously true. But uh, the president here in the U.S. comes out with a mandate where there's no, you, you can't enter the U.S. if you're, you're traveling from Europe or European, I suppose, unless you're a U.S. national. And there maybe were some other parameters in there that would allow you to come in the state. But by default, that seemed to be forcing the organizer's hands. It's like, okay, the only people that can enter the country at that at this point, it seems, is the U.S. ski team. And Canada. You, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I was wondering if Canada was allowed. Okay, well, it's hard well, to know. I'm not sure Trump knows that Canada's not Europe, but you know, that's true. Yeah, it's, probably, it's probably best just to say but only I, Americans could enter. Yeah, yeah it just safer. seemed like there was a lot of confusion with the verbiage anyway. But I was like, okay. And I emailed, I guess, the, the Minneapolis press officer pretty late California time, like midnight, just saying, yeah, how, do, how do you guys work around this? Uh, and again, by the time I woke up, they had canceled. So hindsight is 2020. You know, what are your thoughts on like how difficult it is? You know, there's huge community investment. You know, I'm just throwing this number out there, but like upwards of several millions of dollars that were invested. Oh, absolutely. That's true. That's the fact. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this big deter financial deterrent to, to, to cancel it. But at the same time, it's like someone has to lead. Someone has to just like make a preemptive decision like way ahead of time. And I guess that was my issue. It just came down to the last minute. And in particular, like you said, Quebec, it seemed like Quebec pulled the plug when the Canadian team pulled the plug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you believe yeah. that? Like, so do you want to describe what happened there? Yeah. But that like so many teams were stopping because, you know, like airports, this is happening. Like airports are going to be shut down and you have a ton of Europeans and Russians and, Chinese, other nationals at these events, and they, they, it's like looking like they can't get home. And yet, this is still like, the finals are in Quebec, we're gonna do this. <laughs> it's like, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's just ridiculous. And, and with Minneapolis and, and Camor, the, yes, it is millions of dollars, especially for events that are in North America, because the TV revenue is not the same as what a Norwegian World Cup would be for TV revenue and, and all this. The, the, FIS, the FIS structure, um, where so much of the onus is on the is on the host nation and the host organizing committee, it, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's back ass words too. Um, so they were on the hook for a lot of money, but good on Minneapolis and good on Camor for for just accepting the reality and seeing the reality from from what it is, 
and, and pulling the plug and pulling the plug. And and Quebec, I mean, I, I just can't stress this enough. Like, it is the fifth World Cup. When I read those quotes, it makes my blood boil when they're passing the buck to local organizing committees or like, are you shitting me? Like, I, I, I just cannot understand that. And you have teams with family members and, and uh, friends back home in Europe while Italy is in a serious crisis already by that moment. You know, they canceled on the 13th of March, which, which is crazy. That sounds like, it seems like it was like years ago. Right. But they but they literally just canceled these events. And yeah, teams, Czech Republic, Sweden, France, Great Britain, Norway didn't even sh- show up are all saying we're not racing, still not canceled. The World Cup is still not <laughs> so, canceled. And then Canada comes in and says like <laughs> we're out because wake up. This is like things are hitting the fan and it's over. Like Sport is 100% not important. And then finally, this is like, or the organizing committee together say like, okay, we can't hold the World Cups. Like, I was talking to athletes and that were there skiing around. And it was like this surreal experience for them on Thursday afternoon and Friday morning. They're like putting banners up. There's like people like putting banners up. And like, I was talking to Jess Cockney the other day on the phone. And he's like, this is like, I was in a bizarre world. Like, uh, there's no chance this race is happening right now. Like, what are you doing? And so, I, yeah, I just, you know what? It's not for Fizz to pass that buck. It's their circuit. And that's a mistake they have to take the, the responsibility for solely. And right. uh, and I'm actually like flabbergasted, as you can hear in my voice. Like, I just cannot believe. I mean, Fizz had a couple of major mess ups in the tail end of this year like with ski tour 2020 there was a few sure. few organizational things that were amiss and you know they usually have some small hiccups here and there but but this this one was just what a way to end the season what a way okay yeah we were keeping a run i was just trying to stay abreast of like you know as i was just essentially in posting press release mode I'm like, okay, these people, you know, Norwegians aren't coming. Oh, the Swedes are, they have sprinters in Quebec and they'll go to Minneapolis, but they're not sending a distance team. So there were all these sort of variations of like who may or may not show up. But by Thursday morning, I was like, okay, it seems like everything's getting shut down except Quebec. And I tried (laughs) to, we had, do you know, Jerry, Jerry first off, he, I don't know him. No. Okay. But he, he writes for us. He's based at yeah, uh, I know Vernon. the name, of course. And so he was traveling to, essentially, he pulled out of Minneapolis wisely. But he's like, yeah, I'll go to Canmore, go to Quebec. And I was like, okay, let's just keep an ongoing lifetime tally of like who's showing up. And we, have, we use this, yeah, an app called Slack, essentially. It's like an yeah. internal messaging service. So I'm like, I write... I think not attending, which is me, Sweden, Norway, Finland, which right there is like, okay, who's showing up? So Sweden, Norway, Finland, Czech, Germany, Italy. So that's confirmed. And that's on Thursday. And then, you know, then it's, I'm just kind of scrolling here. So I write, so who's going to be there sprinting? I think the (laughs) Russians, the Swiss women, the Slovenian women. And then I write, and then who? Obviously the Canadians and and the U.S. So... Yeah, why? Then, then the U.S. pulls out, right? Well, the the U.S. pulls out, but that it, it was it was 
I mean, again, I saw that Friday morning. The U.S. pulls out. Yeah. Great Britain's pulled out. Yep. <laughs> so we're talking a fairly limited scope of na- nations anyway, not like our usual when we're, no. you know, we're, we're bitching about like, oh, there's only Norwegian and Russian guys and, the, you know, the top 10 places. This is even more profound. It's like there's, it's obviously not going to be a World Cup. It's going to be a very high level Continental Cup. Totally, totally, um, and then fists still staying silent. Like art, I just—it's just like it's mind's mind-boggling. So, what do you? You? It seems like what I gather is that you're a basketball fan, maybe a little bit of an NFL oh, yeah. fan. Uh, oh, but total NFL fan and NHL. And we're going to digress here into. Well, I, I'm asking this question. Like, I feel, and and the NBA has a long history. Once I think they dealt with their racial inequalities, which they're probably still dealing with. And, you know, I don't want to make the assumption that the NBA is just like rosy, it's all rainbows and unicorns, but they do historically, they have been, and recently a very progressive league. Progressive. Oh, very progressive. Yeah. And they seem to be way, way ahead of the curve. Now, yeah, some athletes tested positive, but it just seemed to be this model functioning of like, and it is a professional league where it's sort of trade teams, if you will, rather than like national teams. But they were way, of a, way ahead of it, and they kind of set the bar of like, okay, this is what needs to be happening now. And they have the most money to lose, it appears. Oh, absolutely. And, and they shut everything down, everything. You know, even right yeah. at tip-off, like, nope, game's over, get out of here. And, yeah. and uh, of course, other professional sports organizations or leagues followed suit, but, uh, yeah, it's still FIS cross country. We're, we're hanging in there. <laughs> so, so no, but I, but you're absolutely right. And, and in, in, in this reality, the reality of the situation is, uh, we, if, if, if we have any, if we have any hope of flattening the curve, like the, that's trending all over the internet, but if we want to try and extend, extend this so that, so that our hospitals and our, healthcare workers aren't totally overwhelmed. We need, we all need to come together and, and none of this matters. Like you said, like the NBA, the right. uh, cross country skiing, uh, and major league baseball season starting or spring training happening. Like this is just all so irrelevant. And, and it's just so important that, that leadership does exactly that, that leads in these situations. And, uh, I was just sad that, 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 uh, that are, well, yeah, I'm not really surprised. Like, John Franco Casper, just Google that guy. Google him. Yeah, he's the boss. Yeah, there's no hope. There is no hope. But they so, did, you know, uh, what was what was interesting to me with just kind of drilling down on Fist just a little bit more was that even the Alpine situation seemed to be ahead of the curve, way ahead totally. of the curve when it came to totally. how to mitigate. But it was Cortina. You know, like of course you're not. You're, you're, yeah, it was Cortina, but then it was, but then it was Sweden. Ora too. Yeah, you're right. No, that's true. Yep, you're right about that. It was Italy, but you know Sweden was right away. Instead of Sweden say, "Hey, we'll absorb this and have a modified World Champs," we're just, you know, we're going to shut it down. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's over. Okay. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, but I felt I really felt for all the athletes, and and of course, like I mean, everyone wants to race, especially the Americans and the Canadians that have been training, and and they were targeting those races. These are their opportunities, right? It, it's you know, World Cup starts come at a premium, and like you said, for the younger fans, for the people lining the course, it's great to see Klebo and and Bolshinov uh, live in the flesh, or Tereza Yohag, uh, and see how they're 
they're solving these these courses and see how they're skiing because skiing is of course constantly constantly improving and changing uh so that i felt bad for that but then the younger athletes the these athletes the mm-hmm. the the right. next ones if you can say especially in the u.s right the 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 next generation under the world cup team especially on the women's side is an incredibly strong group of women and they don't get that many opportunities because just so happens the american women are the second best sprint team in the world from the women's side and uh, there was going to be some great opportunities and then all that training and everything gets you know blows up in smoke but as are everyone's stock portfolios and rental incomes and everything so so in the in the grand scheme of things it doesn't seem like much but at the time i of course i feel for everybody that 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 put so much work in and then don't get a chance and then you know what i actually also feel for the athletes that had phenomenal seasons that didn't get they they didn't get robbed i mean bolshinov he was the overall world cup winner there's he was the best skier in the world this year hands down no one would argue that and nothing in quebec or or cam or minneapolis was going to change that but it's not right. it's not the same when you get the globe in the mail, you know? And and like we were talking about, there has not been a Russian Right. There's been Soviets win the globe, but there has not been a Russian Federation athlete win the overall World Cup globe since the fall of the Soviet Union. And that is going back, dude. That's thirty years ago. And so this is a huge deal that Bolshinov what he accomplished and and that just, yeah, yeah. Oh, here's your giant globe in the mail. Like, congrats. Like that. I felt bad for that. And then, of course, uh, Claybo. Yeah, the, the race was essentially over. But yeah, it was possible when Norway decided they weren't going to come that maybe Pellegrino could have could have taken taken the globe. And uh, uh, so that wasn't much of a race, to be perfectly right. honest. But Lynn Svon, for example, first year senior, and what a breakthrough season for her like an amazing breakthrough season for Lynn Svon. She wins the sprint globe as a first year senior out of nowhere. Like we talked about, she was fourth at world juniors last year in the sprint, which is a great result, but that's a big jump from that to winning the sprint globe. And, and same thing. Here's your sprint globe in the mail. Congrats. That's, oh, I've, my heart, my heart breaks for those athletes that, that these overall world cup competitions are just so grueling. And I have so much respect for those that, are able to contend week in, week out and manage their emotions, manage their energy, manage their illness and, and injuries and, and come through the other side to to be absolutely the best skier of the year. And that is a huge accomplishment. And, and that just kind of fell on deaf ears with everything. So I, that, that, that broke my heart a little bit for those athletes. I mean, obviously, Svan is a surprise, right? I mean, as were many of the young Huge. Swedes. Uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here. The Slovenian sprint, women's sprint team. Not, I mean, they've been on the radar, but just like showing up regularly this year. Oh, absolutely. Lampich had a phenomenal season. And in sprint, she's won World Cups before. So she's not, she wasn't totally out of nowhere, but she put together such a beautiful season, so consistent, skiing wonderfully. And, and she didn't even get a chance to contend for that globe. Right. She was right in that hunt with Lynn Svon and then they canceled three sprints. So that was sad. But, but also Lampich really stepped up in distance. Right. I mean, she was, she was all over the top 10 in a number of races this year and in distance, she had not been consistent like that again. So Ola Vigan Hadestad, the coach at, at the Slovenian team uh, there, uh, has done a wonderful job, not just himself, of course, but the whole leadership in Slovenia has done a great job with those women. There's a lot of great women that have really stepped up. And and that, that was 
while not surprised Lampich was good, I was surprised that she was able to put together such consistent season. You're absolutely right. Lynn Swan was the surprise of the season for me. Uh, and if anybody said she wasn't, then oh, yeah. <laughs> they're crazy because no one would have expected a, a consistency like that from an athlete that last year was solid for a junior, but not even the best junior sprinter in the world. I mean, I would have expected Shista, the, who was also 20 and was the world junior champion last year, to to have a better chance contending in the top six in the sprint standings. And instead, she fell flat and had a tough season for her first year uh, in the senior class. So uh, amazing competitions from the women's side, especially on the sprint side of things. And then from the women, like Therese Johag winning the overall World Cup, like, come on. Like, it's like it's like saying right in the in the height of his, his dominance that like, wow, I'm so surprised that Usain Bolt won the 2012 Olympic Games in 100 meter. That's crazy. So, so Teresa was the odds on favorite. And I thought, I thought Bolshinov, while, while it was a great, it was a great competition for, for part of the season. Um, you have to, you have to clap your hands for, for the Russian bear. I mean, Claybo put up a great fight till the tour de ski was over. And then, and then Bolshinov just kept rolling and then just crushing people in many events. He's back to back home and colon winner. Which is which is which is insane for for twenty four year old, and um, and the season that he put up, you know, that it's right up there with some of the seasons that uh, Dario Colonia had. Uh, you know, Dario has won the Globe a number of times, but there was a couple seasons that he won the overall World Cup where he just decimated everyone else, and he was head and shoulders better. And not since Dario have I seen a, a dominance like that. Of course, uh, Sunbi as well. What am I talking about? Sunbi had a season like that a number of years ago as well, where you just like absolutely crushing it. But the difference is, is that Bolshinov is born in 1996. <laughs> and and when Sunbi was doing that or Dario was doing that, they were definitely um, at those those seasons that they were just totally better than everyone else. They were veterans on the World Cup. And I I'll only mention this once here because we've talked about it ad nauseum with like just the 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 density of Norway Russia in the top ten. But it's funny I was just I'm on the overall fifth like standings for overall World Cup and I keep on going back. I'm like okay top ten how many are Russian Norway and then it's like okay I'll just bump back to the top twelve. Oh well wait there's another Russian. Oh wait so if I scroll just back and arbitrarily call it top twenty. I've got one, two, three, four, five. I think five in the top 20 that are non-Russian or Norwegian. Yeah, and that's a crisis for the sport. And it has never been that stark before. And, you know, these other teams, when the, when the Corona rolls on by, uh, are going to have to really step up their game. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why other teams can't compete with the Russians and the Norwegians. It's happened before. Teams have been able to do it. Look to World Juniors. Look to the next generation of teams, um, and look to the diversity in the top. So it's not like the Norwegians just have this freight train of beasts that are so much better than everyone else at the ages of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Yes, they have more people at that level. Same with Russia. So they have a odds-on. They're the odds-on favorite to dominate. But but still, I I, I don't want to hear people just giving up and saying, oh, you know what? Of course, the Norwegians and Russians are better. We can't compete with them. Uh, you're not second-class citizens. Like, come on, guys. Like, get out there, work hard, do the right things, believe in yourselves, get some of that American swagger like the World Junior Team had this year and 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 
contend at the top because you got to believe he can do it and, and it is absolutely possible. But this year, not possible. Russia and Norway made a mockery of the men's field. They did. Okay, and it's it's not super diverse in, on the women's side and we don't necessarily have to delve into this. But but here's my kind of my question. And I don't have it'd be nice if I had a spreadsheet with like age of athlete um, and world rank. But I'm curious so we've learned a lot this year about how specifically Norway and Sweden are either letting athletes get to that breaking point and then having to pull them from competition for not meeting like either bone density standards or, or some sort of body metric data point, And they're not meeting that threshold to continue. So, you know, Usberg was, was one that was held out. Uh, Frieda Carlson was held out, you know, moving forward, do you think we may see teams that are managing, for longevity. And I bring that up because I think, okay, here's Lynn Svahn, who is 20 years old. She wins the, sp- the sprint globe. It's huge. You know, what happens to her projecting two, three years out where she's gotten the taste of this success? That is the expectation for her now. You know, and I can imagine myself saying like, oh, she's having she's having a down year. She's only gotten five podiums. And, oh, absolutely. And, she, and she's 21. Right. You know, totally. It's so sad, but you're right. So I'm just curious. Do you think what can we learn about athlete management from what we saw or what we saw, you know, how things played out this year? And is there any I mean, how do teams balance success now with success in the long run for an athlete? I'm not just saying as a team, like it would be wonderful to think that Frieda Carlson is 31 and I think Yohag's 31. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so 31 years old and we're still seeing a Frieder Carlson out there crushing rather than a Frieder Carlson who's now like home at 25 because she destroyed herself. No, totally. And and you know what I'll say to that is like I I would call on the all the all the ski federations in cross country skiing to look to the Norwegian model of how these health tests and these management strategies work and don't just go like oh well i read this or i heard this on a faster skier podcast that they're using a dexa scan no with this sorts of things for both men and women they are the leaders in the world with this and like you said when they're holding out the reigning overall world cup winner because she's not making the health standards that um that the norwegian team has set like set out that is incredibly inspiring, I think. And I'm very, have so much respect for the leadership that did make calls like that. Those are hard calls to make. And I would call upon all those leadership countries, all the, all the people in leadership of the ski federations to, well, they're not going to travel to Norway now, now, sadly, and sit down with them, but, but at least give them a call and, 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 and find out what that, what that quote unquote, like, if you want a health report card or whatever you want to call it is and start implementing strategies like that for their teams, because you're absolutely right. It's great to win stuff. It's really fun in the moment and it's, it's quite the rush, but um, longevity is more important and long-term health has to be the priority. And if, if what's happening in our world today uh, doesn't remind you of that, then, (laughs) then uh, you have to always remember that these athletes long-term health, 
is so much more important than any medal or globe. And, and you have a country that has, has set up and has quite a bit of experience now with this health report card. And they are, would be very open to discuss those metrics with any country. I'm positive of that. So it's up to the other countries to, to take this seriously because you're absolutely right. This is something that has to be taken seriously in 2020. Okay. I, I do want to get to a light hearted thing at the end of this, but I'm just curious, like, what are you most looking forward to for next year? I mean, next year is a world championship year. Hopefully who knows how this whole virus thing plays out. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, for me next year, I'm so looking forward to the world championships in Oberstdorf. It seems crazy that I was there racing in 2005. That's 16 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but of course I'm, I'm, I, I love the world championships. I love the hype around it. Oberstdorf's a great venue, even though the weather can be really horrendous. But uh, you got to hope that they have the same luck that they had 16 years prior. Uh, we had great weather for the world championships when we were there in 2005, except for the 50K. But um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to seeing the the women's sprint side of things. That, Like you said, there's so many great young Swedish athletes that are at a high level. The Americans are so, so strong uh, as well. And then Norwegians like Mikan had a bit of a down year this year. You know, she's going to come back. She's going to be really motivated. Uh, Shestad, like I said, the young Norwegian uh, sprint comet uh, had a really down year this year. Um, She'll be hungry. So the women's sprint field, I'm really looking forward to following along with that. Of course, how can I, uh, the men's distance, that's, I'm old school, right? So like, uh, men's and women's distance events uh, always always are interesting. Can Bolshinov continue getting stronger and stronger? It seems almost impossible that he can get to a higher level than he is now. I mean, this has to be one of the, like I said, one of the, yeah, he showed immense dominance. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm going to see too, like Claybo, can he, can he solve some of these distance issues? Uh, he, he had some flashes of brilliance in, in individual distance races, but he's not at the level he needs to be if he wants to come away from world championships or Olympic events with individual gold medals in the distance events. He's just, he's not there yet. And then Sunby, Grandpa Sunby. Yeah, I was just actually going to ask I about mean, him. I mean, he says he's motivated. You know, he, he's, he says he's motivated. He's going to keep going like uh, he really is. You know, I can't even call him an Iron Man. He's more like the from the Bronze Age now. <laughs> you know, he, he just... He just keeps wanting to go. You know, I've been reading that he wants to. No, I'm just going to go back to just smashing hours. That what's worked for me, and I got away from that. And so he's going to up his training to up over 1,100 oh. hours of training a year, which is just ridiculous. And and will his body handle it? We'll see. I mean, he can't get a much heavier weight vest uh, with a back injury than he did this year. Ooh, that was a bit of a dig, but anyways. <laughs> but I I am curious to see. I am curious to see how Sunby comes back and can he come back. And then, of course, jokes aside, like <laughs> the, the the biggest thing I'm most looking forward to, of course, is like, are we going to have a ski season? Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, but it seems so, like right. I mean, that is. Let's yeah. Let's assume we are. So those are the things I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Gosh, I haven't let my brain. I'm still trying to figure out. It's like, okay, kids are home from school for three weeks. What is happening every day? Oh. It's going to be more than three. Oh, and it's going to be. More I assume it is. it is. I assume it is. Look at, look at Italy. Like this is, this is not going to go over quickly. You know, it won't. So we all have to prepare ourselves for that. And I'm the same. Like 
my poor wife at home with a three-year-old like calling me going like oh my god like these days are epic it's like oh well, i'm at the cabin trying to study but struggling with my motivation and can't ski and can't do anything so uh, it's a totally different situation but yeah i feel for all you parents out there okay so on a lighthearted note here people have asked and I know in the past you had mentioned like, oh, you don't need that many waxes in your little water belt when you go out and ski. So total lighthearted, right? But I think a lot of people yeah. like this kind of advice. Okay. If you're keeping your kick wax to a minimum, right? And let's just presume you're looking for a range. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I know like it seems like it was probably years ago, but like it, maybe in December you were like touting uh, roadie violet multigrade. Yeah. A, a, a keeper. Total right? keeper. Yeah. So what do you got in your wax bag? If you're kind of looking for the range. Okay. If you're, if you're a classic, if you're a classic junkie, like, like myself. Yeah. And this is all you need. We're going to start with clisters. Okay. Oh, okay. But, let's go there. Yeah. Let's go. So start universal wide. It's a silver universal clister. It is an amazing clister uh yeah it works in so many different conditions especially when it's dirty the silver clister doesn't pick up dirt like uh like i guess vm swix vm clister would universal so start universal wide universal clister rodi rosa because if it's going to get sloppy you need to just chuck on red clister and rodi rosa is the best if you if it's not so dirty rodi multi-grade clister amazing universal style clister that works in a varying conditions as long as the snow is fairly clean. And then as your base, it's hard to go wrong with Guru Blue. Guru Blue clister is kind of annoying to work with because it's pretty stiff, but um, you're not going to lose your clister like a lot of other base clisters that I've tried before. And what I will say with that is if those clisters aren't working, then you can skate or go for a run or go backcountry skiing. <laughs> And for the for, for the kick waxes, I mean, really, you don't need much. I mean, Swix Blue Extra, anytime the temperatures dip to below like minus five, six Celsius, Swix Blue Extra is going to give you good enough kick and it's fairly fast, actually. Then I love Roadie Super Extra, actually, which is a little bit warmer than, than Swix Blue Extra. It, it, Roadie Super Extra is just like my go-to wax, especially here in Lillehammer. Gives me a bit better kick than uh, Swix Blue Extra, but it's it's uh, it's a little slower. That that's for sure. So you'll notice that it it slows down, but you have a bit safer kick. And then Rody Multigrade is the pff, number one. I mean, like Rody Multigrade zero to minus two. It's it's the best kick wax ever. All these waxes that we're talking about now are just dirt cheap too. I mean, there's not they're not fancy. And then I use I use Rody Violet as well. That's zero or like which is just zero. That's just kind of when it's tricky, but honestly, when it's that conditions, I'm either skating or I'm using some sort of clister cover or like it's rare that it works on alone, but, but honestly, it, it's that simple. It's really that simple. And you know, yeah, you have like VR 45, but what from Swix, but I would just use Rody Multigrade. I think it's a better wax personally and it covers the range better and it's uh, safer. So, and, and just pick your base. I mean, for hard wax, for your base layer for hard wax, honestly, it really doesn't matter. What I actually use a lot is just VR30. You know, it's just the, the coldest wax you have. It could be old as hell, like Swix Green. Like just iron a layer of that in, let it cool, 
like cork it in after when it's warm and then just let it cool down and then and then cover it with the, the hard wax of your choice but it's really that simple for the hard waxes honestly like people get so like for training this is just for going out for a ski sure we're yeah. not talking rate we're not talking racing that then it's a totally other ball game like it's crazy but just you don't need much in, in your wax box to make it work and all those products we just talked about uh are dirt cheap as far as as far as uh compared to their competitive other competitive products and i'm not sponsored by anybody i'm a dad that is happy to get out for a ski like three to four times a week for an hour so that's i i have no association with roadie or swix or anybody but um those are the waxes that i think if you if you like classic skiing and you want to keep it super simple use those and if those don't work grab the skin skis and if the skin skis don't work like i said go skate you can always skate ski (laughs) Uh, that works that works Okay. Um, so you're stuck. How long, how much longer are you in quarantine? Well, this is insane because like, I'm like, Oh, we're doing pretty good. It's like, no, we're not doing that good. I still have eight days uh, of quarantine before Mm. I can see my family again or see any human being in real life again. So, um, yeah, no, it's, You you have enough food, obviously. Well, I actually don't right now, but I'm, but people are going to have to drop it off a kilometer away and I'll just ski over and meet them and get it. But here's a funny story and she'd probably be embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. So when I came up here, it was like really rushed. I had to like just pack my stuff and, and go. And um, and I ended up having – Teresa Yohag was at her cabin here in Shushan. I had to call Teresa and she grocery shopped for, for me on Thursday. So <laughs> thanks, Teresa. That's cool. I'm still able to eat uh, here hunkered down uh, – in large part because of your generosity for, for filling up a couple bags of groceries for me. So I really appreciate that. Did she, was there a treat in there? Like something you didn't ask for, but you're like, Oh, that's nice of her. No, there was no treat, but in these desperate times, we just have to, we just to get what I, what I, uh, it was so hard to send her that text. Kristen's like, I'll just ask Teresa. She'll do it. I'm like, this feels so weird. Like, even though she's a good friend of mine, like you feel so helpless, you know, like I'm an adult, I'm an adult. Like, can I get my, can I organize food? It's like, no, I actually can't like by law or whatever. I cannot go to the grocery store. So I really appreciate it. Teresa. thank you. Okay. Well, good luck with everything. Okay. Take care. Yeah. Take care guys. Bye. Thanks for listening and hope everyone stays safe and healthy out there and get some outdoor time.